Guy family, welcome back to the Big Uglies podcast. First and foremost, I want to apologize for missing last week. It has been crazy behind the scenes here at the We Are Big Guys headquarters. And when I say crazy, it's because recently I took the opportunity to join the Joe Moore Football Award team. And if you haven't heard of the Joe Moore Award, let me briefly explain what it is. The Joe Moore Award recognizes the most outstanding offensive line unit in college football. It is the only major college football award that recognizes an entire unit or group, unlike all the other awards that are strictly just individual, which I think is pretty awesome. Not to mention, it is also the biggest in size trophy in all of college football, which is only fitting given the awards for offensive linemen. The award is named after Joe Moore, who is widely regarded as the best offensive line coach in college football history. He coached at Notre Dame. He coached at Pittsburgh. He coached college football Hall of Famers. He coached pro football Hall of Famers. And the overall goal of the award itself is to not only recognize the offensive line units in college football, but also keep alive the legacy of Joe Moore and what he was all about. So really excited about the opportunity. So excited to join the team. And I urge you all to please follow the Joe Moore Award accounts at Joe Moore Award, Instagram, Twitter. I will be running the social media accounts for the Joe Moore Award. And it's just another place for offensive linemen to come together and, and bask in the glory, the unsung heroes that we are. You can expect the similar content of what you see on my big guy pages. However, it's obviously going to be more so catered to the college football scene and then the award itself, information about the award itself. So I just want to be as transparent as possible with what I'm doing behind the scenes. And you can bet that I'm going to try to make this the biggest and best, literally and figuratively, award in college football. And now that we got some of the housekeeping out of the way, let's get into today's show. We're talking about the NFL Top 100, some NFL news regarding the big guys, Tevin Jenkins' surgery, Beckton, his preseason play. It hasn't been up to snuff per Jets media, which... And NFL daunting rule, the no fun league. People are going crazy about it. NFL stadiums, protocols from COVID, Jamal Adams becoming the highest paid linebacker. I mean, safety in the NFL. The Tim Tebow era ends in Jacksonville. Why do people hate him so much? I, I want to get into that, too. I, I'm, I'm confused. I'm genuinely confused why people hate Tim Tebow so much. Josh Rosen is on, like, his 10th team. He gets waived again. The guy infa- infamously said he's gonna, he, he pulled out the everyone's going to regret not draft me line. Hasn't worked out too great. Hasn't worked out too great for Josh. Falcons, first fully vaxxed team in the NFL. Shout out to them. And with all of that being said, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Let's get into the episode. So I want to start out today's episode talking about the NFL Top 100 list voted on by the players. And I just want to say, I just, I'm very against any list, even if it's the players, because linemen, offense, and defense are always just absurdly underrated, per usual. I, I mean, that's why I'm here, because I was one of the first people to ever even give light to offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the trenches. And it, once again, it just shows through this voting. And it's funny to me, because people will try to say, like, well, it's voted on by players, and like, who knows better than the guys in the locker room on the field? It's like, well, yes and no, because I don't know if you guys saw, but I'm sure if you're on TikTok, you did see one of the players' cards got leaked of like what his votes were. And like these people have like guys like Marlon Mack. Literally, Marlon Mack was in this in this list. He was ranked ahead of Aaron Donald. Like that that's what we got going on here. So you have teammates and team and guys and friends putting people ahead of dudes like Aaron Donald that don't even start. You know what I mean? So that's what we're dealing with here. So essentially, when you see stuff like that, and you see guys like Zach Martin ranked 85th 
out of a hundred in the NFL, you understand that like this is just not. A, you cannot take this list. You know what I mean. You can't take it serious. I just can't take it serious. It, it is almost insane to imagine like saying. Imagine saying an argument. Zach Martin's eighty fifth best player in the NFL. One of the best guards of all time. Like going to be a sure first ballot Hall of Famer most likely. And it's not even Zach Martin. Just Zach Martin either. It, you got Laramie Tunsil, Brandon Scherf. I think. Trent Williams was not even like top fifty. He might have just broke the top fifty mark, like which is still so. The, some of the best linemen and tackles, Teron Armstead was up there. Some of the best linemen and tackles in the NFL. They're not even. They're barely top fifty, if that. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball. You got Cam Hayward, Grady Jarrett. They're already ranked as well. So that some of the top D tackles in the NFL. They're also in the same position as the O tackles and guards and centers. So. There's just no respect to any lineman in the NFL on either side of the balls. The the only guy that really gets ranked highly ever are like the DNs and then like Aaron Donald. That, that basically gives it. People like Kenny Clark, Steph Tuitt, the the you know the guys that do their job every single play that people don't the average fan doesn't really even know about. They're not flashy at all. They they, they don't even get put on these lists. So I, I'm just not a big fan of the NFL top 100 or any list in general for that matter. I know it's like the trendy thing to do, and it's it's easy to get clicks. It's easy to get impressions and comments and people. And I genuinely believe, and I wish I could say I know, but I just strongly believe that these companies, these brands, TV networks, whatever entities, they make these lists. And I'm not talking about the NFL 100. I'm talking about just lists in general. They love making these lists and putting in a really crazy pick here and there just because they know if we do this, it'll be trending on Twitter. Like It's like Madden with the Madden ratings. You cannot tell me that they don't pick out certain players and fan bases that they know are huge, and they kind of screw their guy just because they know Steeler fans are going to go crazy, Cowboy fans are going to go crazy, Packers fans are going to go crazy if we make their rating a little lower than it should be, and they'll get talking about it and they'll get on the feet. It's all it's all game. It's all they're all just trying to work the algorithm, and I so for that reason I'm out on all the lists. Let's just say that. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and we'll see as the list continues on who is ranked the highest out of the big guys. And moving into more big guy news, given this is the Big Ugly's podcast, huge news coming out of Chicago today. Tevin Jenkins is getting back surgery, and they're hoping he's back by this season, but sounds like even if he's back by this season, it's going to be way towards the end. I mean, back surgery is not something that you, you want to have, especially a young rookie that's supposed to be, you know, one of your big main tackles going forward. And it begs the question, did the Chicago Bears know about this injury? And if they did, why the hell did they cut Charles Lano Jr.? And maybe it was strictly a salary situation. They want to get him off the books. But I, I viewed that move, as, and everything I've read is that, like, they were making space for Tevin Jenkins to come in and start right away, and they didn't really need him anymore, and they didn't want to pay him that price. So it just kind of all made sense. But I also have read that they they knew that Jenkins was a little tweaked, the little back was a little messed up. So overall, it's just not a great look at all for the Chicago Bears that they knew about Jenkins' back problems, traded up for him in the second round, and now he's getting surgery. He's most likely going to be out for the entire year. It's just not not a good look at all. They signed Jason Peters, who's an older guy. I, he's the man, the bodyguard. I, I'm a big fan of him, but he's just an older guy. He's, he's not going to give you like a great insurance policy by any means. So continually bad looks for Ryan Pace and the Bears front office in general after this whole situation has unfolded. But with everything that I've said so far, I also just want to say Tevin Jenkins, he's a big guy family member, so I wish him a speedy recovery in his surgery, and I hope he comes back 
better than ever because his college tape was so fun to watch, and I just couldn't wait to watch him maul dudes in the NFL on Sunday. So I really hope Tevin does get better and gets back better than ever so he can block for Justin Fields for years to come. So I'm ruined for Jenkins, ruined for the Bears in general. So just an unfortunate situation in Chicago. Moving from the Windy City to the Big Apple, well, technically New Jersey, but I'm not going to get into that. New York Jets. Now, one of the biggest headlines from the New York Jets training camp this far has been the matchup between Carl Lawson and Mount Becton. And a lot of Jets fans and media are starting to really freak out and get nervous because allegedly Carl Lawson has just been destroying Becton and dominating him throughout the camp. And then today, the Jets had a joint practice with the Green Bay Packers. Supposedly, the Smith brothers were just going wild on Beckton and had many sacks, to say the least. And I just want to say a few things first. First things first, New York media, big city media, they're the worst. And they're going to tear people down as soon as they can because that's just what they do. They're crazy. I would hate playing in a big city. So you have to take everything they're saying for, with a grain of salt. Number two, Elijah Vera Tucker has been out, and he's been working with Dan Feeney. And Feeney, from what I have watched myself and also read, has been not very good. And, and that that's a big difference when you're not you're not gelling well with your right guard or left guard, whoever your line mate is. You got to have a relationship there with that guy. I think it'd be huge for Elijah Vera Tucker to come back and and them play together as teammates. And then lastly. Guys in the preseason, I mean, he's going against some of the top pass rushers in the league, and this is your time to work on your craft. Try different moves of, like, pass setting, using individual hands, you know, trying different ways you're kick-stepping, you're going out and getting them early, hands on them early, you're stepping back and waiting to come to you. Guys are trying different things all the time during camp, so it's so hard to judge an offensive lineman during camp strictly from a film or one-on-one basis. Now, I'm not saying that Becton's going to come out week one and through the entire season just be, you know, the next David Bakhtiari. But I, I think you got to relax. People in the media, and if you're a Jet fan listening, you just got to relax a little bit. Let him do his thing. Let the rest of the team get healthy. And then wait till the season takes place. And if he continues to struggle through the season, then then maybe it's a serious concern. And, and that might be a problem moving forward for the Jets. Um, but as of right now, I, I just pumped the brakes a little bit on the whole Becton's going to be a bust situation. And Again, and don't use his height and weight as, as an excuse either. I, I saw some people come and I say he was too big and overweight. The dude's a mountain of a man. He's, he's big. He's shredded for his size. He carries his weight super well. He's really athletic. We've seen his highlights. They're unbelievably impressive. He's not just some fat slob, so don't say that either. And before we get into the no fun league, the new taunting rule, I just want to say that this episode is brought to you by our partners at Liquid IV. I've talked about them before. They're awesome supplement. They're amazing electrolytes. If you, if I'm a player and I'm in camp right now, I'm buying Liquid IV. I promise you, it's so worth it. They're amazing. You'll feel so great after you take them the next day. I, I take them myself after my own workouts and whatever I'm getting involved with. Maybe some night out after drinking. They're a great hangover remedy. They're awesome. Use my code. We are big guys. You can swipe up on my Instagram story at We Are Big Guys on Instagram. 25% off your order and free shipping simply by using my code. We are big guys or swiping up automatically apply at the checkout. Thank you so much. Now let's get into the no fun league. I'm really interested by the reaction. I, I honestly wasn't expecting how crazy people were about this taunting rule. And they might as well have called it the Antonio Winfield rule because that is really what sparked all this in my opinion. I don't know if they ever said that or if they ever come out and say that, but in my opinion, his display against Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage in the entire league, I think, is what 
ultimately led to this point and this rule being made. Clearly, the GMs, the owners, didn't like all that going on, and I think it's a bad look for the league in general. So me, personally, I'm not surprised at all by this rule. In fact, I'm actually in favor of it. I have no problem with the no-taunting rule at all. I think it really has gone out of hand the past few years with guys just getting in dudes' faces for absolutely no reason. It doesn't add anything to the game. I know people are like, talking trash is part of the game, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really not. Like, it is to an extent, but I think the rule is more so targeting the unnecessary stuff, like getting in guys' faces after a certain play. I've always been taught, if you make a nice play or a big play in a game, go celebrate to your own sideline or the fans or whatever. Like, there's no reason to single out a guy, look in, look him in his face and do something to him. There's, there's just no need for that. All that's going to add is, like, fights and chippiness after the play and then, Games just get out of control and personal fouls happen. So I have no problem with it whatsoever. Even like even that one culture run that went viral and everyone was like, this is crazy. It's like after that run, I, the only problem is he stood up over the guy and started talking shit. It's like you don't have to go and stand up over a guy and do that. Go run to the first down or whatever. Get with your linemen. Get hype with them. It's just there's no need for that stupid petty stuff anymore. And it, honestly, it's just the backs and receivers. It's not anything interior. Like, nothing in terms of trash talking in the trenches is going to change. Or getting hyped after plays with a sack. Nothing is going to change. The only thing that's going to change are, like, the DBs and running backs and receivers making a play or two and getting in a guy's face and talking crap. Like, that just doesn't need to be a part of the game. And it's so classic that, like, the Twitter worlds and, like, it's just the popular opinion to, like, be, like, the no fun league. It's, like, it's it's easy. The easy route is to take a shot at the NFL just because that's what everyone does. But I really appreciate Ron Rivera came out, who's one of the most respected coaches and people in the NFL currently. And he came out and said, you know what? I'm all in favor for it. And it needs to change because not only is it stupid for us to do that and waste our energy doing that, it also is a terrible look for the younger kids looking up to the NFL guys because then they're thinking, well, I got to trash talk because I saw Jalen Ramsey trash talking. So it's like there's a ripple effect that goes beyond just the literal NFL game and, like, people watching the NFL. It goes all the way down to the peewee-level kids watching these guys as role models, and I just don't think it needs to be a part of the game. And you can still have a really fun, animated game with people trash-talking. That's totally different than, like, singling out a guy after a play, after the whistle's blown, and, like, doing whatever motions you need to do or whatever. I, you know, you get what I'm saying. I, I, I I'm – completely in favor of the rule. I have no problem with it. And I really think people are making a bigger deal out of it than it really is. Like, I really don't think it's going to affect the game that much in any way that we're like, we need to be concerned. Like this is really going to affect the NFL In other NFL news. A lot of teams have come out and started to say their stadium rules for COVID. And a lot of them have been saying you don't need COVID vaccination IDs, but you're going to have to be required to wear mask indoors, but not outside. Or some, some teams are also doing, wear mask the whole entire time except when you're eating and drinking and like let me just say this these rules are the maybe the dumbest rules I, I i just struggle i fail to understand what wearing a mask indoors while you're getting a drink what what difference does that make if you're doing that and then going outside and taking off the mask like i literally need someone to like sit down and tell me like why this is even a thing so you're telling me that people genuinely believe that if you wear a mask to get your popcorn and beer and hot dog and nachos whatever and then you come outside and you eat with your mask off 
that like what is the difference like is there a difference i don't i just literally can't wrap my mind around it It, there's no difference the only thing i can think is that like this is their way of like the nfl team like kind of covering themselves so if anything would happen they're like well we told people to wear a mask and i think a lot of places are doing that even like high schools and stuff too nowadays and colleges because it literally doesn't make sense so you can wear a mask in inside but when you're on the field all the players no one has masks on the field all the people in the stands no one has masks eating or drinking or just in general whatever stadium you're at but inside we got masks on it's it's literally insane it doesn't make any sense and i'm curious of what other people think about this situation like not to mention the likelihood of someone being in the stadium unvaccinated unmasked like drinking a beer is like extremely high so I don't know. The whole situation is just such a mess. It's just, I'm just at the point where I'm sure 99% of other people are at. It's just super frustrating because nothing, nothing's making sense anymore. Everything's backtracking on statements or remaking a new statement on this or that. And you should be wearing a mask now. But if you got the vaccine, you didn't need a mask. But now even anybody has to wear, everyone has to wear a mask now, even if you got it or not, because unvaccinated people. It's like, what are we doing here? You either have fans or not. If you're just going to have fans, it makes zero sense. It makes zero sense to walk in with a mask, get drinks, food with a mask, and then go out and sit amongst 70,000 people maskless. Or it makes no sense walking in with a mask, wearing a mask outside, but the other 50,000 people who don't want to do that are just going to buy food and drink, have their mask off the whole time, and then stick when someone says hey sir can you put your mask up they're gonna oh i got a beer i'm sorry i'm drinking here and they're gonna be like okay like so the ushers you know they're not gonna have like any accountability to this and telling people what to do and like it's funny i was just to give you an example i was at an event this past weekend and didn't have to do with masks but just had to do with just being an usher with people in general and this person the usher said excuse me sir can you please back up and the person responded i was next to him they responded uh no i'm not (laughs) that that, that was it and like there's no authority to like throw this person out because they didn't really do anything wrong like it's not to that level so it's I, there's just no control over this, and there's never going to be any control over this. So, so as far as I see it, it's just the individual teams doing this just because the, the media pressure and the pressure of like covering their own their own side. And in case anything happens, they can say we we had the mask mandate on. Blah blah blah. That's that's the way I view it. It's all politics. It's all saving their butts. At the end of the day, it's crazy. It makes no sense. And before I move into the last segment, we have about ten minutes or so left. Just want to say, check out the merch store, shopwearebigguys.com. If you haven't yet, check it out for all your big guy apparel needs. That's shopwearebigguys.com. Also on my Instagram, you can just click the link, swipe up. Also on Twitter, just click the link tree. You got everything there that you need. Now, quickly, the last few minutes here, just talking about some of the news around the NFL. Jamal Adams became the highest paid safety in the NFL, which I think is an interesting move. I honestly didn't think that Seahawks were going to give him that money, but they did. And a lot of people always chirp him, and I even did in the intro, call him a linebacker. And he is not, he's definitely not a linebacker. I just think it's fun to do that. But he's definitely more of like in-the-box safety, blitzing off the edge and making plays in the backfield. Um, he's a great player. I think he deserves the money. But I just was surprised that the Seahawks were going all in on him. I wasn't sure if they were or not at this point because the deal was taking so long to get finalized. But good for him. The Seahawks got you know a star defensive player locked in now for the future. And I'm sure the Seahawks Seahawks are going to at least try to make one or multiple or more runs at a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson at the helm. It's what you have to do. And nailing down that star position on the opposite side of the ball is definitely a big part to making another run. Another news, Tim Tebow, the Tim Tebow era 
ends in Jacksonville. He was waived earlier this week. He's officially out of the NFL again. And I really want to ask this question, and I think I'm going to post a poll eventually about it, just asking why do people hate Tim Tebow so much? I can't wrap my mind around it because he's a stand-up guy. He's never done anything wrong. He's done great college football player, did decent at the Broncos through that pass against the Steelers and beat us in the playoffs. Kate went to baseball, did decent in baseball, went to the minor league route, came back for football. What – what has he done wrong? He hasn't done anything wrong. I don't understand why people hate him so much. I think, like, I don't know if people were mad just because he, he's so much older and he's still getting shots, but it's like my other podcast. I talked about it, too, then. It's it's all about who you know. Urban Meyer was his boy. He brought him in, gave him a chance. It's it's all connections. It's how it works. Every other aspect in life is all through connections, and this is no different. It's, so he knew Urban. Urban gave him a shot, and it didn't work out. I don't know why people were so butthurt about it. It's just out of control the amount of hate that Tim Tebow gets and people like enjoyment they see Tim, Tim Tebow failing it's like weird almost I, I feel bad for all you people that hate on Tim Tebow like, you guys are losers at the end of the day Tebow's the one going home at the end of the day being a professional football player baseball player married to like Miss World or whatever so like he's the one winning at the end of the day and you guys are all sitting at home being losers so that's how I view it so I, I just don't understand why people just don't like Tim Tebow and then you have the whole entire Kaepernick crowd of like Kaepernick's not in the NFL, but Tim Tebow's getting the shot. It's bullshit. And it's like, well, yes, but Tim Tebow also switched positions and tried to make it as a tight end, for God's sake, like a four-string tight end, and he failed, and he has no problem with that. He was he was thankful for the opportunity and moved, is going to move on with his life, and, and, that, and that's that. I, I just don't understand why people dislike Tim Tebow. I would, love to, I would love to hear it. I would love to get, like, one reason of why anyone dislikes him. And I guarantee you it's there's no legitimate reason other than, like, you're just either jealous or you don't like that he got a shot for who he is or whatever or, like, what I don't know. I'm literally flabbergasted. Last but not least, Josh Rosen waived by the 49ers. This is now the fourth teams he's played since being drafted by Arizona in the first round of the 2018 NFL draft. Four teams in, like, three years. Unbelievable. So much for all of his comments. I mean, if you remember, this is the guy that said – I'm, all the teams that didn't draft me, they're going to regret this tonight. And then I think at the time, Tom Brady won six. At the, I think he had six at the time. He said, I'm going to win seven. And then if Tom wins another one, I'm going to win eight. So he's just crazy. And talking about Super Bowls, Super Bowl series, not games. He's going to win seven Super Bowls. So he's just – those comments are definitely coming back to hurt him. Cold take, old takes exposed. Or what does that account? Cold takes. Freezing cold takes. That as Josh Rosen's face should be that account's profile picture after his comments in – what he's done so far in his NFL career. But in his defense, he's been a part of like really, really bad teams. So maybe he just hasn't had the fair shake yet of, the, of some of the other players. But I mean, it's hard to defend him if he didn't have those comments. That's the thing. If if he didn't say those things, I'm sure people would be a lot more sympathetic, empathetic, whatever the word, proper word is, to how his career is kind of shaken out so far. But because he said those things, but it makes people say, all right, that guy's full of himself anyway. So this is what he gets. So we'll see where Josh Rosen lands and if he'll ever get that NFL career that he was so talking so highly about. And finally, I misspoke. The real last but not least is that the Atlanta Falcons become the first team who are 100% vaccinated, so fully vaxxed, first team in the NFL to become fully vaccinated. I'm sure as the season goes on, we'll start to see more and more teams become fully vaccinated. I'm sure it's just a matter of time before that happens. Um, But we will see. So shout out to them. Good job for them. I mean, I'm not on one side or the other this entire thing. I just want to be healthy and come back as a normal society and watch football because that's part of the normal society. 
So if that's a step in the right direction, I'm all for it. So good for the Atlanta Falcons. And that's all I have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in, and please remember to subscribe. Give the podcast a rating, preferably five stars. Join the Big Guy family on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at We Are Big Guys. And check out the merch store, shopwearebigguys.com, for all your Big Guy apparel needs. And lastly, if you haven't yet, Joe Moore Award, at Joe Moore Award, Twitter, Instagram, and that's more M-O-O-R-E. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.